sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. New week starts live right here, right now on the morning after on SportsGrid. It is Monday. Thank you for joining us on Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid Network as well, I am Ben Stevens. We start off this Monday by looking back on the weekend because what a weekend it was in the world of sports. Football everywhere, including one of the best World Cup finals you will ever see on the biggest stage in the sport to the biggest stars rising to the occasion. We'll look at what happened in the final in Qatar. We'll go around the National Football League. The final month of this regular season certainly underway. Playoff positioning in the hunt for playoff spots front and center around the NFL. We'll check in on the association. Do all of that across the world of sports here on this Monday morning, live on the morning after. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time over the course of these next two hours right here on the grid. Truly, I think in my estimation, although I don't have the history maybe that some do in following soccer at the World Cup, it was one of the best games, one of the best matches, one of the best finals you will ever see in any sport oftentimes in life but especially in sports when you build something up with expectation when you try to follow these large storylines entering a specific game it hardly ever lives up to the hype but yesterday the 2022 world cup final between france and argentina in qatar certainly fit the billing Lionel messi in argentina looking for that first world cup with Messi at the helm as the captain of that side. And the French team led by Kylian Mbappe looking to go back-to-back for the first time since Brazil did it in 1958 and 1962. It went the way of Argentina. Argentina, the World Cup champions in 2022, winning 4-2 in penalties. We were tied at 2 at the end of 90-plus minutes. We were tied at 3-all at the end of extra time. Two hours could not give us a winner, so we go to PKs, and Argentina gets the better of France, ending that possibility of winning back-to-back World Cup titles, and Messi gets his World Cup, cementing his legacy as the greatest of all time. So let's tell the story of this game because, again, when you set high expectations for something, it hardly lives up to it. Certainly with two of the best players in the world and Lionel Messi in his final World Cup with Argentina and the 23-year-old Kylian Mbappe for France. But when the biggest stars on the biggest stage rise to the occasion, it's a peak performance we don't often see in the world of sports. It was Lionel Messi scoring the first goal of the game, a 23rd minute penalty, cashing a ticket. And again, he scored in the 108th minute. Argentina was dominant in the first half. They took a 2-0 lead into the break. First, it was Messi in the 23rd minute. And then Angel Di Maria adds on the second for the Argentines. But then France responded late in that second half, killing Mbappe first with a penalty in the 80th minute. And about a minute and a half later, he scores again on a wonderful volley to tie the game at two and send it to extra time. Then it was Lionel Messi saying, here I am once again, scoring a goal in the second half 
of extra time in the 108th minute. Mbappe answers with a penalty, tied at three all. We go to PKs, where Emiliano Martinez, the keeper for Argentina, showed you his stuff in the highest of performances as well. So Argentina wins the 2022 World Cup in penalties, 4-2 to two over France. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour on the opening day of a new week, live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens, recapping the greatest World Cup final these two eyes have ever seen. One of the best games in sports that I have ever seen as Lionel Messi and Argentina win the 2022 World Cup over France. It's very interesting to see where Argentina entered this match as a slight favorite over the French, trying to hold off France from winning back-to-back World Cup titles. But let's not forget, Argentina lost its first match at the 2022 World Cup to Saudi Arabia. It was the largest upset we had ever seen in the history of the World Cup. Saudi Arabia was a 19-1 money line underdog in that matchup against Messi and Argentina to begin. But then they rattled off six consecutive victories. They had the second best price entering the tournament. And they cashed that plus 550 number. And that game, yesterday in Qatar, cements the legacy for Lionel Messi as the greatest soccer player of all time. If your one flaw in his resume was his inability to lead the Argentines to a World Cup, well, that is now kaput. The winner of the Golden Ball, seven goals, two in the final, added on with three assists, and yesterday marked his 26th World Cup appearance for Argentina, the most in the history of the tournament. He now has, during his run in the World Cup, 13 goals. It was killing Mbappe on the other side for France, capping off his final with a hat trick. Just the second player in the history of a World Cup final to score three goals in a game. Killing Mbappe at the age of 23 in only two World Cups already has 12 goals. He is well on his way to trying to knock off Miroslav Klose, who has the most at the top with 16 scored. So when you look at the World Cup results, the champion, Argentina, a plus 550 number, the second best price entering the 2022 World Cup. Lionel Messi wins the golden ball to cap off his storied career as the captain of Argentina. Kylian Mbappe scoring the most goals. He had eight In Qatar, he wins the golden boot, and the golden glove goes to Emiliano Martinez, stepping up huge for Argentina in that penalty shootout for the 2022 World Cup champion Argentinian side. We come back on the morning after going to the NFL with Donnie Wrightside up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a Monday morning. Start off a new week live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. I'm Ben Stevens, but our Monday morning armchair quarterback, Donnie Wrightside, is here. DRS steps into the fold for the remainder pretty much of this opening hour of the opening day of a new week live right here on TMA. Donnie, I think I just came up with it. In my mind, the creative juice is flowing already bright and early on this Monday morning. That is the stinger animation we need to Uh, welcome you on the show on these Monday mornings. The Monday morning armchair quarterback. It could even bring us into college basketball season, NBA season. It really carries weight all throughout. 
Yeah, exactly. Put me in the lazy boy, put a nice little animation on it, and we're ready to go. I mean, you're looking at Emmys behind the scenes people if you produce Emmys. this. Come on. I mean, wait till you see the Christmas commercial that will make its way over Fantastic. the airwaves on the Sports Absolutely. Grid Network with one certain angel topping off the tree. <laughs> His name is All K Does. But DRS, let's dive into what was a wild weekend in sports. We just talked about the World Cup final in Qatar and in a, a tremendously wild weekend in the National Football League as well. We'll go all around what happened with the triple header on Saturday and your full Sunday slate as well. But DRS... I had never really seen anything like what happened at the conclusion of the game yesterday in Las Vegas between the Raiders and the Patriots. It was tied at 24-all, the final seconds of regulation. New England has the football around the 50-yard line. They call a run play just to go to overtime. They know they can't really win it. Ramondre Stevenson takes the give from Mac Jones. He gets about 10 yards up the field, and for whatever reason, instead of just going into overtime as the clock hits triple zeros, he pitches it back to his teammate in Jacoby Myers, who all of a sudden thinks, let's run a little pitchy-pitchy woo-woo. He tries to throw it back across the field, DRS. It is intercepted by Chandler Jones, who then stiff-arms Mac Jones into the turf, into Middle Earth, potentially, with how vicious it was. And Chandler Jones takes it back, scoring for the Raiders for a walk-off victory for Las Vegas, 30-24. to DRS, as you were watching that yesterday, what was your first reaction? Just astounding at the way the play even took off because you're right. They were just handing the football off and ah, maybe get a two to three yard gain and head into, you know, overtime when a just, you know, yeah. massive hole opens up and Stevenson is running wild and saying, hey, let's make a little bit more out of this. Now, I actually, Ben, don't even mind the first pitch. You're about to get tackled. A wide receiver is next to you. What's the worst thing that can happen? I flip it to him. He struggles for three or four more yards or maybe he breaks one and we win the game. But the single fact of the matter is, as a wide receiver catching that football and thought it was a great idea to throw it back to Mac Jones, of all people, and Kevin brought it up here on the early line going, what did we actually think Mac Jones was going to do with the football all by himself with defenders lined up in front of him here? It would have been fun to see it play out. I don't know, a two-yard sack at that point right there. But for the simple fact of the matter is, a Bill Belichick coached football team made a fatal error like that would never have happened in the past, quite frankly, if Tom Brady was the quarterback also. But my goodness, how far have the mighty fallen here with the Patriots that you're getting losses like that now, Ben? Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time at any level in football, of course, but two blunders that will be remembered for the final plays in New England franchise history. That one in the desert, a desert debacle perhaps in the Miami Miracle a few years ago when Rob Gronkowski was back there playing safety against the Dolphins. But that was not coached by Bill Belichick. Jacoby Myers saying after the game, Listen, I improvised. I made the terrible decision. That one is on me. But consequential DRS, Las Vegas covers as a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. And the Patriots entered Week 15 in that seventh and final AFC playoff spot. They are now on the outside looking in. Of course, Las Vegas in the AFC West. And DRS, we all entered this NFL season in 2022 projecting and forecasting what was going to be the most competitive division in all of football. Maybe one of the three other teams could finally knock the Kansas City Chiefs off the top of their perch, having won the division six consecutive seasons. Nope. Seven straight now. AFC West divisional titles for Kansas City. It was a test yesterday on the road in Houston. The Chiefs coming nowhere close to covering as a two-touchdown road favorite, but they do win in overtime. Jarek McKinnon scores the walk-off 
24 in favor of KC, the Chiefs DRS for seven straight seasons now, champions of the AFC West. Yeah, two touchdown favorites yesterday. Had to go to overtime and needed a turnover in overtime to get the de facto win there. And let's also keep in mind, this is a Texans team, Ben, that isn't very good to begin with, but take away their best running back and their top two wide receivers, and you found yourself down for a majority of this game being the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a great look. I understand the wins are all that matters, 11-3, and still trying to fight for home field advantage throughout the playoffs along with the Buffalo Bills, but that was a bad look for the Chiefs. But again, nobody should be winning 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever it's going to wind up being with Patrick Mahomes. Holmes straight division championships, almost rings of, oh, yeah. Remember when the Patriots, who were the best team in the AFC East and everybody else stunk every year? We're starting to get that feeling out there in the AFC West. The Chiefs were the favorites entering the year, a plus 155 mm -hmm. number, but less than a dollar in front of the Chargers, who had the second best price. Patrick Mahomes yesterday, 36 of 41, 336 through the air, two passing scores, added another on the ground for three total touchdowns. KC trailed entering the fourth quarter, and some credit DRS to the Houston Texans, who have been booked as an underdog in every game this year. They have only one win this season, but when they have been a touchdown or greater underdog, they are six and three against the numbers, and we have seen Houston make it difficult for teams like KC and like the Buffalo, or excuse me, and like the Dallas Cowboys in the last two weeks. Let's go to Buffalo now, the favorites still in the AFC at this moment. We go to the nightcap on Saturday evening, DRS, and what was expected to be a cold, blustery, wintry Western New York game, it lived up to be in Orchard Park. Buffalo gets a victory over Miami, 32-29, a great football game, DRS, that came down to the final offensive possession for Buffalo, a 15-play, 86-yard drive that took up six minutes pretty much to end regulation. Tyler Bass caps it off with a 25-yard game-winning field goal. The Dolphins do cover as a seven-point road underdog. Buffalo has only covered twice in their last eight games, but DRS with the victory over a divisional foe. Buffalo also clinching a divisional title, winners of the AFC East. Yeah, so they will be home for at least one playoff game, but I think there's uh, things they need to get taken care of, which means being the number one overall seed. Now, we're going to have a Titanic matchup here in two weeks between the Cincinnati yep. Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, which might actually decide who gets the number one overall seed. But looking about that game, this is what you needed out of Josh Allen. You know, no more than 180 yards. We squeaked by. You know, I ran for 55 yards, kept it together here. No, you needed an MVP effort out of Josh Allen, and that's exactly what you got in the biggest moments, including a two-point conversion where he helicoptered copped it in the end zone and barely scraped yeah. the goal line for that two-point conversion. Then that long drive to end the game, wonderful stuff. But also, as we talk about praising the Buffalo Bills here, Miami Dolphins should have won that game. You ran for seven and a half yards per carry throughout four quarters, and you lost that game? Can't happen, Miami. They got to get out of that tailspin and quick, Ben. D DRS, we're getting to the point of the calendar where Josh Allen becomes that freight train that runs like a Lamborghini. Yeah. 10 carries, 77 yards on the ground on Saturday night. The leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills once again. The first game of three on Saturday was wild. The largest comeback in NFL history. The Minnesota Vikings, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite in Minneapolis, trying to clinch the NFC North finally down 33-zip DRS to the Indianapolis Colts. In the third quarter, Minnesota comes all the way back, forcing overtime and pulls out a 39-36 OT win over Jeff Saturday and Indy. Again, the largest comeback in the history of the National Football League. 
Most people say, like, man, I never saw a game like that. That's correct. You never saw a game like that with the comeback of that big here. It was astronomical. And yet, it was even surprised that the Vikings won that game the way the second half played out with how bad the Colts actually were. And this is why Twitter is great. And living in real time and watching games with everybody, I told everybody that could listen. Man, this game is over. 30-point lead, 24-point lead, 21-point lead, 15-point lead, 8-point lead. I kept saying it was over. And you're right. It is over. The Vikings actually won that game over the Colts. The second best record now in the NFC for Minnesota, clinching the NFC North Divisional Crown. 10 of the 11 wins for the Vikings this season, coming by just a single score. We'll look at the favorites in the NFC. A ton of NFC East talk up next here, live on the morning after on this Monday on Sportsman. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on a Monday morning, live on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159. DRS, Mr. Donnie Wrightside, our Monday morning armchair quarterback, is still with us for a second consecutive segment to break down a wild weekend in the National Football League. Capped off DRS last night in Landover, Maryland. A huge showdown in the NFC East for the NFC wild card chase between two teams that are pretty evened up at this moment. The Washington Commanders hosting the New York Giants. Just two Sundays ago, DRS, it was a tie. 20-all between New York and Washington. The Commanders enter the bye week, their second consecutive game against the Giants. And DRS, as Washington is driving down late in the fourth quarter, trying to even up another game at 20-all, a controversial ending for the Commanders deep in Giants territory. Washington has the football looking to score that tying potential touchdown. They would need a two-point conversion as well on the Giants one-yard line. Terry McLaurin on the outside checks in with the referee to make sure he is lined up in a legal formation. The referee appears to give him, yeah, the go-ahead, you're all good, but then throws the flag for an illegal formation penalty, moving the commanders back to the six-yard line. Washington still has an opportunity on fourth and goal. It is Taylor Heineke looking for Curtis Samuel in the end zone. He is absolutely mugged by Darnay Holmes, but no pass interference penalty is called, which obviously would have prolonged the drive, giving Washington a fresh set of downs. Ultimately, DRS, when we look at the final score, it's the Giants winning on the road outright as a four-and-a-half-point underdog, 20-12 to 12 over Washington. But DRS, with a game with that high of stakes, how controversial was that ending last night outside of the nation's capital? It's, it's actually pretty ridiculous because being a wide receiver my entire life, you know, hundreds of times coming up to the line of scrimmage and looking at the referee and just saying like, you know, am I good? Uh, move up about two feet, move back two feet. Even if I'm looking at the line, like, man, I don't know what this guy's looking at. But as long as the referee said, okay, you're lined up fine, it didn't matter. And let's also be honest with you. Did it even have any impact on the play, which was a run up the middle here? So why, if you're the referee or you're the side judge, you're going to call that and throw a penalty, even though you confirm it and say, well, it's ultimately up to the wide receiver. No, it's not. Hey, I'm on the line of scrimmage. If I say move up or back, that's where you're at. Well, we didn't move up. I told you two feet. You moved up one foot here. Ridiculous type of call. But getting back to the game itself, 20 to 12, 
from the New York Giants. I don't know how they win games outside of Brian Dable is sensational. Wink Martindale is an outrageously talented defensive coordinator. The talent isn't there. They have eight wins. That's probably five more wins than I thought the Giants might even get this year already with still a few games left to play. Giants look like yeah. they possibly could have clinched themselves a playoff spot last night, Ben, with that victory over the Commanders. That's how big it was. Because of that tie in their initial meeting two Sundays yeah. ago, they entered last night each of the two teams 7-5-1. New York is now 8-5-1. The Commanders 7-6-1. The Giants have eight wins, as DRS mentioned. Six of them outright as an underdog. And you're right, DRS, that illegal formation penalty on Terry McLaurin took a Brian Robinson Jr. touchdown off the board. Yes, Washington still would need to have converted a two-point conversion to even tie the game again at 20-all, but very impactful from the sports betting market as well. Brian Robinson Jr., 89 yards on the ground, has been a big component of what Washington has done offensively here as of late. On the other side, Saquon Barkley, a huge night. 118 scrimmage yards, 87 on the ground, 33 through the air, and Saquon goes over his rushing yards prop as well that was booked at 67 and a half and he did score cashing a plus 125 ticket so as it stands right now DRS the commanders still hold that seventh and final NFC playoff spot but the Giants vault them into that number six spot again as the story goes if the season were to end today all four teams out of the NFC East division would be playoff teams at this moment and it would be the divisional champs in the Philadelphia Eagles although the birds DRS have clinched a playoff spot they have not yet clinched the NFC East with a huge Christmas Eve Saturday showdown coming in Dallas against the Cowboys. But the Eagles do squeak out a victory yesterday in Chicago. They do not cover as a nine-point favorite, but they win 25-20. to 20. Now, Jalen Hurts had 315 passing yards, DRS, but two interceptions. It was really what he did on the ground. Three rushing scores, a couple of sneaks in there, and a successful two-point conversion that sealed the deal for Philadelphia, 25-20 to 20 on the road. DRS, how do you assess the performance of the Eagles yesterday in Chicago? Look, but sometimes you don't have the mojo going early. Maybe a lesser team would go on the road and possibly give up that shot. But also, take a look at Jalen Hurts, who was the favorite in the clubhouse here before the game started at the FanDuel Sportsbook to be the MVP of the season. You saw the two interceptions. Oh, my God. He's going to lose that in one day, and the Eagles are going to lose. After that second interception, the Eagles, absolutely including Jalen Hurts, dominated that football game. Two wide receivers yeah. going well over 100 yards. Jalen Hurts, again, over 300 yards. The one thing that gets caught up in a lot of this is most people say, like, okay, Jalen Hurts is only only one touchdown off the pace for Cam Newton, all-time rushing touchdowns for a quarterback in a season. Well, that means he probably only throws like 1,800 yards. Like, no, he's on pace to go over 4,000 yards with ease this year and rush that many times on the best team in the NFL. That sounds to me like an MVP right there, Ben. Certainly so, and he is still booked as the odds-on favorite to win the NFL MVP at minus 150, the leading rusher for the Eagles yesterday against Chicago. We saw some highlights out of Justin Fields. Not exactly the offensive game, DRS, we might have expected. A total at 47.5 stays under. It was Chicago's first game after their bye week. They entered the bye, having seven straight games played to the over. Philly over entering yesterday in seven of their last eight, but it still stays under. The Eagles, though, did expand their lead in the division. Now three games over the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys dropped to 10-4. DRS yesterday in Duval County in Jacksonville. Dallas had a 27-10 lead about midway through the third quarter. 
but storms back Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars for a huge overtime victory, 40 to 34. And in OT, it was Rashawn Jenkins capping off a monumental game against Dallas, picking off Dak Prescott off the deflection and taking it back for the walk off winner. DRS, how do you look back on yesterday in Jacksonville for the Jags to pull off that 40 to 34 victory outright as a four point underdog? I mean, massive. You're taking a look at two things that were happening in that second quarter when it was 27 to 10. Number one, people probably running to the window, Ben, saying the Dallas Cowboys are going to be my pick here to win the NFC and possibly a Super Bowl. They're getting hot at the right time. Just wait till they play the Eagles on Christmas Eve to make it official here and maybe make the Eagles sweat a little bit longer to try to take down the number one overall seed or, in fact, just win the division itself. But also, on the other side, ah, ah, Jacksonville is really nice, you frauds here. You're going to let the Tennessee Titans run away with that division when they're not a good football team. And now mm. we have a setup here that we could be looking at week 18, win for all the marbles between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. Because keep in mind, just last week, they blew out the Tennessee Titans, talking about the Jaguars, yeah. and now that might be setting it up. So two teams now going in opposite directions of what you would thought was going to take place by that second quarter. DRS, the Jags only a game back now of the Tennessee Titans Crazy. atop the AFC South. We'll look at that division in just a little bit. In the NFC East, the Eagles have not clinched, but again, a three-game lead with three weeks remaining. They're a minus 10,000 favorite ahead of their huge matchup in Dallas this upcoming Saturday night on Christmas Eve. So DRS, right now, the Cowboys hold on to the number five seed in the NFC playoff picture. It would be the Giants at six, the Commanders at seven, those three spots hailing from the NFC East division in the wild card race. But the Detroit Lions very much on the heels of the Commanders. The Lions win another game yesterday, escaping with a 20 to 17 victory on the road in MetLife against the Jets. They ended up DRS as a one and a half point underdog. Detroit wins outright. They have won six of their last seven they have covered in seven consecutive games and they picked off zach wilson throughout the game yesterday it was zach wilson getting the start for new york 317 through the air and two touchdowns but it's detroit drs that comes out with a vital victory in a game that both teams were looking to contend in their wild card races in their respective conferences yeah, some questionable timeout usage there for the Jets Oof. to end that game. But I think there's a lot of different, you know, moments of truth here. The fourth and inches, which was an unbelievable play design there by Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions to slip that tight end out in the flat when Jets are making a very athletic play, scoring a touchdown. You can't have that happen if you're the Jets. But also keep in mind, if you are the Jets in this game going up against the Detroit Lions defense, Ben, you can't come into the game 22 carries, 50 yards total, 2.3 yards per carry. Because if you would have told me before yeah. the game, hey, by the way, Zach Wilson's going to go for 317 go for two touchdowns, only one interception, I would take the Jets all day long. That's a devastating loss for the Jets, who we thought were trending towards the playoffs. Now that's really cloudy right now at best. Both of those teams now 7-7, seven and seven, but Detroit very much on the upswing. They had one win through about six weeks of this NFL season. Again, they've won six of their last seven games. So as we look at the refreshed playoff odds, DRS, in the NFC, mm -hmm. Big changes based on the results of week 15. Of course, the Sunday night showdown between two NFC East foes in the Cowboys and the Commanders. It was Washington that entered as a minus 188 favorite to make the postseason. Now it's a plus 250 number. The Giants at a minus 600 price. In Detroit, that second best number, at least, of teams contending for those final two NFC wildcard spots. 
at plus 110. The Seahawks plus 134. The loss on Thursday night against San Francisco. DRS, if you had to pick two for the two final teams in the NFC playoff picture, who do you like right now? I mean, you're probably going to, like, I, I run a ride, want to ride the hot streak here of the Detroit Lions. I actually picked the Lions to yeah. lose to the Jets but win their final three games and now picking up a victory there. I'm going to pick them to get in also. I think the Giants are pretty much a lock now to get in. That tie is massive, and also that extra tiebreaker with beating the Washington Commanders, certainly huge. The Lions have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. They take on the Bears and the Packers in their final two games. Detroit in a prime position to be a postseason team in year number two of Dan Campbell at the helm. Plenty more around the NFL with DRS once again up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pretty much every game in the National Football League over this final month of the regular season has postseason implications. So welcome back to a Monday morning, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. Like LeBron James showing up in Miami, not one, not two, but three straight segments with our Monday morning armchair quarterback in Donnie Wrightside. DRS, I'm sure your co-host on the early and the money line, yeah. Kevin Walsh, would have loved my comparison to LeBron James right there but lebron plays his basketball in la the chargers play their football in los angeles as well and drs we mentioned it with jacksonville's come from behind victory forcing overtime against the dallas cowboys yesterday how impactful that game was for the afc south because the tennessee titans have now dropped four straight games the chargers have won two straight la into the wild card hunt right now for the AFC and the Titans only a one game advantage in the AFC South after LA picks up the victory over Tennessee 17-14 on a last second field goal by Dicker the kicker Cameron Dicker gives the Chargers a 17-14 victory over Tennessee so DRS as you examine that football game the Titans have now dropped yeah. four straight the Chargers currently holding on to a wild card spot in the AFC What's the bigger takeaway from yesterday's game in Los Angeles? I think the bigger takeaway overall is I do think the Chargers coming down the stretch here are going to be a pretty formidable opponent. If they can stay healthy, you have Eckler, the two wide receivers, obviously Justin Herbert, and then also hoping to get back Bosa on defense, which you have one of the better pass rushing combinations with Khalil Mack on one side with Bosa on the other and Derwin James healthy. Maybe that's one of those teams where you don't want to play in the first round, but also you can have a secondary takeaway. Like what is going on with the Tennessee Titans? And maybe they were right to fire their GM because in a game where Ryan Tannehill is 165 yards passing Malik Willis comes in can't do much it's Derrick Henry and nothing else where he leads you in yep. rushing and receiving that's not supposed to be what it's going to be you also had AJ Brown as I brought up on the morning show dropping like a buck 80 on the Chicago Bears when you're leading wide receiver on Sunday three catches for 19 yards with Chris Conley that's why GMs get fired Ben absolutely so Derrick Henry if you were to look at the stat line yesterday and say he had 104 yards on the ground, his second consecutive game going over the century mark. He had 59 receiving, and he scored. That's the recipe for Tennessee to win a football game. Yet he has gone over 100 yards in two straight games, DRS, and it hasn't mattered overall to the outcome, including last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee entered this week 
as a minus 550 favorite to win the AFC South. They entered last week as a minus 1400 favorite to win the AFC South. But with a game looming to end out the regular season against these Jacksonville Jaguars that are playing their best football of the season in only a one-game lead, Tennessee's still an odds-on favorite, but it's minus 155 only in the AFC South on this Monday morning. The Jags, the second-best price at plus 120. It's nice for the FanDuel Sportsbook to still include Indianapolis, but they need to hunker down and get rid of this season after what they did against Minnesota on Saturday. So DRS from the AFC South to the NFC South slash AFC North, a huge game in Tampa between the Buccaneers and the Bengals. The Buccaneers, the Bengals, Brady, Burrow, tons of bees out there yesterday in Tampa Bay. It was the Bucs a three-and-a-half-point home underdog. And finally, DRS, it looked like the Buccaneers would show that resolve. This was a Tom Brady-led football team leading 17-0 in the opening half, 17-3 at the halftime break. And then the Buccaneers absolutely squander this football game. A weird fumble kind of on their punt on their opening offensive possession of the second half. It goes off Gio Bernard, recovered by Cincinnati. That was one of five consecutive turnovers on five straight possessions for Tampa Bay to open up that second and final half. And Lou Amaruno, Anaruma, excuse me, and the Bengals defense, the arrest that continues to make those adjustments at the break takes advantage and pulls away for a victory, even covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Tampa. The Bengals now, DRS, have won six straight. So again, we have two teams going in opposite directions. What is the bigger takeaway, DRS, from yesterday in Tampa? Uh, two things. Uh, the bigger takeaway for me would be the Bengals. They're going to be a problem heading down the stretch, as you said. They are getting hot at the right time and getting some of their most important key positions back. Joe Mixon back healthy. Jamar Chase back healthy. Boyd looks like he fought off that finger injury. And also T. Higgins there with a hamstring injury. Hopefully that gets corrected. But also, Joe Burrow threw for 200 yards. They ran for 53 yards, good for 2.5 yards per carry, and put up 34 points. Say, how could that be? Well, Tom Brady blew the football game. Look, as many times we like to praise the GOAT, and he has all these comebacks in his history, he's never blown a 17-point lead, lead at home until yesterday. And why is that? Two bad interceptions, a strip sack fumble, and also let's not forget the handoff to Leonard Fournette that never even got to Leonard Fournette and was fumbled right. back. Anytime you're giving an offense like the Cincinnati Bengals constantly the football on the plus 25-yard line, you're going to lose those games, and Tampa Bay did lose. 6-8 on the season, but the best part about it is I think Tampa Bay doesn't have to win another game game it feels like and they're still going to make it into the playoffs which is crazy to just walk down that path we'll look at that in just a second in the AFC North the Bengals now in that top spot because of a Baltimore Ravens loss on the road in Cleveland in the second of three that we had in the triple header on Saturday afternoon it wasn't exactly the prettiest game Deshaun Watson gets his first win as a Cleveland Brown, 13-3 over Baltimore and Tyler Huntley. Deshaun Watson, 18 of 28, a buck 61, a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game that was scored. He threw it to Donovan Peoples-Jones there in the third quarter, but it was really on the other side, DRS. J.K. Dobbins had a buck 25, but Tyler Huntley only 138 yards, and Nick Chubb continues to be that leading offensive force for Cleveland, 21 carries, 99 yards. The Browns win as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They cover that number 13-3, to three, but more impactful DRS for the AFC North Divisional standings and those odds because the flock entered this weekend as the odds-on favorite at minus 135. That is not the case anymore. It is Cincinnati 
the odds-on favorite in the AFC North, a one-game lead in the division, and a minus-195 number right now, DRS, to be the divisional champs. Yeah, this team feels like a one-man band. Now, granted, yeah, J.K. Dobbins, 13 for buck 25, Gus Edwards, 7 for 55, and it wasn't enough. He only scored three points. And also, how about the anomaly adds this? Is Justin Tucker missed two kicks in this game, one straight miss and one block. You never see that, and you're shocked by right. any miss, even if it's like 65-plus yards here for him. But at the same time, you find out why Lamar Jackson sits back in his negotiation and goes, yeah, I want $50 million guaranteed a year. We're not going to give that to you. Roll the tape of the previous two games there where the Ravens, even yeah. though they did win the game, they can't move the football. Lamar Jackson is the key to success in Baltimore. He knows it. They're going to have to pay him, but also coming down the stretch. Get the guy some help, Ben. Get him some wideouts for once. My goodness. Yeah. Mark Andrews continuing not to put up his best performances, but when you look at, again, the stat line for Tyler Huntley, only a buck 38. That might be the reason why. Those AFC North, NFC South ties continued outside of Cincinnati and Tampa Bay earlier in the NFL slate on your Sunday. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Charlotte and stealing a game. That If Carolina had won and Tampa ended up losing like we saw DRS, it would be the Panthers in that top spot in the NFC South, but that is not the case. The Buccaneers are a 6-8 and eight football team. The Panthers now... Five and nine. It snaps a four-game cover streak for Carolina, who was booked as a three-point home favorite. It's the Steelers winning outright 24 to 16. This year, as a favorite DRS, the Panthers have failed to live up to any uh, any sliver of expectation. 0-4 straight up and thus against the spread when booked as a favorite this season. It's the Steelers, a 24 to 16 victory that again, DRS. Shows how weird this NFC South division is going to be here down the home stretch. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we're setting up for something a little bit longer, but who cares? Like that, the forgotten division where we're going to have that topic of conversation when the season ends. Like, well, if you're under 500, you should need to get a playoff game at this point. Look, rules are rules are what they are, but also let's take a look at the Carolina Panthers only scoring 16 points in this game. The handicap mm. last week for me, Ben, in this game, so simple. I looked at the line and go, no, hold on. The, the Panthers are favored. They shouldn't be favored versus anybody. Let me just take the Steelers. And it worked out in that direction here because the Panthers once again showed why they shouldn't be favored against any football team that they play and if they are in the future i'll fade them again yeah and drs knowing those trends as well again carolina is 0-4 yeah. straight up yep. this year when booked as a favorite means they're not even covering numbers they're losing games yeah. outright when they're at least expected to win those games outright as a three-point favorite at home yesterday now you see those nfc south odds not much changed in the division drs the new orleans saints beat the falcons but the saints are still very far back from the Buccaneers, they, despite only being two game or a game behind at the moment because they lost both of the season series against Tampa Bay. So a lot of ground to make up. The Bucs still minus 360 as your odds on favorite, but it's Carolina that has the most realistic path if anybody is going to knock off Tom and Tampa. The Panthers beat the Buccaneers earlier this year as a 13.5-point home underdog, winning outright by 18 points. They will face off in the second-to-last game of this NFL regular season. All of this DRS, where we are, with three weeks remaining here in this NFL season, is trying to forecast the future. What is going to happen in the NFC South? What is going to happen with some of these divisional races that are still up and in the balance and what the seeding looks like for what it tells us following the regular season entering the playoffs entering this weekend drs philly was a minus 800 favorite to be the number one overall seed booked as the favorites to win the nfc title the odds to be that number one overall seed off the board philly has a two-game lead for that top spot over minnesota make it a three-game advantage with three 
weeks left because they beat the Vikings week number two. The Cowboys, three games behind Philly now in the division. Again, a huge game on Saturday at the Star in Dallas. So as we look at the AFC number one overall odds, DRS, that's where things get a little bit more interesting as we try to handicap what it can mean for the postseason. The Buffalo Bills, an odds-on favorite at the moment to be that number one overall seed in the AFC. Both Buffalo and KC, DRS, 11-3 straight up, but it's the Bills that beat Kansas City earlier this year in Arrowhead, so they have that slight tiebreaker head-to-head advantage. DRS, when you look at these odds and you see Buffalo at minus 120, KC plus 135, how do you handicap this market about what it will tell you for the postseason push and how instrumental home field advantage could potentially be? It's massive. And just a few short years ago, we had two teams with bye weeks. So you could be that second yeah. team. Like, hey, you know, we'll still get the rest here and we'll see if we win out, if we have to go on the road and face another formidable opponent. But getting that one seed, you get the only break. You're home for playoffs here. But also take a look at those three teams, the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. It's very interesting to me. I'm rooting for the yeah. Bills to win the AFC because I have a ticket for them to win the championship at 6-1. to one, And they're a little bit below that. But I'm actually a little bit nervous because I see that game loading up in two weeks here where the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be home against the Buffalo Bills. Should the Bengals run the table and beat the Buffalo Bills, they would have the tiebreaker advantage over them. And also, if they're running the table and maybe those Kansas City Chiefs slip up, guess what? Who has the tiebreaker over the Kansas City Chiefs at that point? It would be the Cincinnati Bengals. There's a legitimate chance that if the Bengals run the table, they're going to be home for the holidays, which would be massive and one of the hottest teams in the NFL doing it. Now, granted, each and every Sunday, we do see upsets happen. And even though I thought the Kansas City Chiefs would run all the way through, now kind of sets up interesting with a healthy Raiders team at home that the Chiefs are going to have to play on the road. That might add up. But right now, looking at it, watch out for the Bengals and the value there. It is a really good point, DRS. Out of the three teams remaining, because of that huge matchup between the Bengals and the Bills later this year, Mm -hmm. they have the harder of the schedules in comparison to Kansas City. The Chiefs, the sixth easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. And what that is going to mean based on the regular season to not only the AFC, but of course, how it plays into the Super Bowl. The Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs, three of the five shortest prices. Buffalo, the favorite to win Super Bowl 57. But the birds seem pretty well positioned in the NFC, and they have the second best price at plus 430. DRS doing yeoman's work for us here. As our Monday morning armchair quarterback on TMA, we appreciate your time, Donnie. More TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one, the morning after live right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this Monday morning to start off a new week. What a weekend it was in the world of sports. Yes, the 2022 World Cup final. And as we focus now on the National Football League in the final month, of this regular season well underway just three three weeks remaining after tonight's game on a Monday things get very very interesting in the postseason race and we saw that play out in a huge way yesterday based on the results of Sunday for what is happening in that NFC wildcard hunt 
There are four teams right now, you could argue, that are battling for the final two spots in the NFC playoff picture. So which of those four teams has the best chance of making the postseason this year? That's what we asked you in Fade the Public. So albeit controversial, the Giants emerged with a 20-12 win over Washington last night on Sunday night football. Huge for New York in their postseason hopes. The Lions have won six of their last seven games. Very optimistic about their playoff outlook at this moment. The Seahawks lost on Thursday night against the San Francisco 49ers, clinching the division for San Fran and the Commanders going down yesterday at home against New York. Where does that leave things in the playoff race? The question we asked you is who has the best shot of these four teams to make the postseason? And most of the public right now buying in to Detroit. 52% of this vote saying the Lions have the best shot out of the Lions, Commanders, Giants, and Seahawks to be a postseason team in the NFC. The Giants, the second most selected option. You can see New York and Detroit well ahead of the rest of this field. You're not wrong. The odds back up. New York minus 600 now in those updated postseason odds to make the NFC playoffs. Detroit, the second best price, plus 110. Seattle, not all that far behind at plus 134. And Washington, now a plus 250 number. Our number two, the morning after, is up next, live right here on Sports.